0: just cut off the music like that but I did and uh here we are I uh ready to go I was just getting ready to press the button to uh, fade out the music and boom off it goes anyway you guys don't care about that really no you don't I know that so hey good morning welcome to all of you uh doing a a few last minute little things here, uh, in my little home studio this morning before we were ready to broadcast. So I wasn't quite ready to, um, uh, uh, say hello to each and every one of you individually, but I do greet you all this morning with warmest affection. Glad to have you here. We're in the book of Acts chapter 13 today. And, uh, uh, we're going to jump right on into Acts 13. Now, this is, we're picking up from um, where we left off yesterday. We were in Acts 13 yesterday, considering the first missionary journey, thinking about uh, Paul, uh, actually Barnabas and Paul being sent. Uh, and today we continue on uh, in our journey together with them. And I want to highlight something for us as we get into this. I want you to notice the heading out of the gate. The heading says Paul and Barnabas at Antioch in Pisidia. Um, I'm saying um a lot this morning. Apologize about that. There's a shift that's taken place. The shift that's taken place is up until this point, we've been reading about Barnabas and Paul. Now, the heading says, and the heading would not have been in the original text just for the record. In fact, all the verses like Acts 13, 13, 14, all that, that wasn't a part of the original language. In fact, much of the punctuation wasn't uh, a part of the original language, just so we all understand that. But as you read what was written in Acts chapter 13, you would take note of the shift. Preceding verses, we're reading about Barnabas and Paul. But now, immediately, in Acts 13.13, 13, we pick up, and it says, From Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Persia in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. John left. He, he, he sailed as far as the island and ended up going back. Now, we don't know exactly why he went back. We just know that he went back. We we will later on read that uh, Paul and Barnabas will have a falling out over this fact. Uh, on a subsequent journey, uh, Barnabas will say, well, let's get John Mark and bring him with us, and Paul will go, no way. We're not bringing him. He failed the last trip. And we're not going to take him now. And out of that, we'll see two different leadership styles, two leaders, leadership approaches uh, to handling people. Paul was very hard-nosed about it, uh, and Barnabas would be a little bit more gracious about it. And we'll get to that later on in the text. It, But I will just add this little tidbit, interesting to note, later on toward the end of Paul's life. Uh, Paul doesn't say the words, I repent. Uh, at least not in the text of Scripture, but he does indicate that he needs John Mark. Uh, You you see the shift. You see that by the end of Paul's life, uh, he has been restored to his relationship with John Mark. That's for later on. That's just a little foretaste of uh, some reading that we'll do down the road. But we look here. And it says, from Paphos, Paul and his companions. In fact, it doesn't even say Paul and Barnabas. It's likely that Barnabas was with him. Uh, we don't know that he wasn't. It doesn't say in the text that, that Barnabas didn't continue on with Paul. Um, doesn't say that at all uh, in this text. But what, what we do know is the highlight the spotlight now goes upon Paul and his companions. Let me uh, make a little adjustment here and put this up for you. Again, to remind you, this was, they started here in Antioch, down to Salamis, across Paphos, and then they'll go up to Persia, and then they'll end up at, at this particular Antioch. Now, notice here's Antioch here. And Antioch. Here you have Antioch and what is now Turkey, and Antioch in what is now, in fact, even then was Syria. Um, so two different Antiochs, and you see the travel route. We don't know why John Mark couldn't uh, couldn't finish the trip. Why he decided to go home? Whether he got seasick too much on, on the way from Antioch to uh, to Cyprus. And just said my tummy can't handle it. We don't know for sure exactly why, but we do know he went back. But you, you, you have the travel route that I just gave to you here, and uh, I'll bring back up the text so we can see the text and continue uh, considering the text. It says this in verse fourteen. It says, "On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down." Now. I'm going to stop there. I need to get back back to uh, even to verse one, not verse one, verse thirteen, and uh, kind of run some things out for us in this idea of the transition from Paul from Barnabas to Paul. Even his name changed. His recognition, how people saw him, changed. Uh, he went from being called Saul to being called Paul. Leaders will shift sometimes, Uh, and I'm not prepared this morning to weigh in on all the different dynamics, but it's like we need to understand that there are different leadership styles, there are different leadership approaches, there are different leadership philosophies, uh, and it is not, uh, they're not all the same. You can't just plug and play a leader boom, boom. It doesn't work that way. Uh, and sometimes within an organization, even leaders will shift. You'll say, you know, you seem to have more gifts in this area. We want to lay it way into your gifts and, and lean into your gifts uh, and, and get you out of places that you're serving where you're maybe not as gifted and put you in the places where you are the most gifted in the business realm, there's been a lot of work done on that um on that front and a lot of teaching on that front and sometimes in the church, we do a rather poor job um, of delineating these things. Some of the more common uh, approaches or understandings of leadership and types of leaders uh, are transformational leaders. There are, are delegative leaders, those who just delegate uh, lots of things. They're very, very good at delegating. There are authoritative leaders who they're the boss. And maybe they don't carry themselves as the boss, but they, they just carry themselves with a sense of authority. There are transactional leaders, and those transactional leaders are the types of leaders who um, it, it, it's tit for tat. It, it, it is uh, okay. Let's come up with an agreement. You will do this work, and I will pay you this much money. Uh, it, it's uh, transfer. Uh, transactional leaders tend to be ma- managers uh, more so than. than than leaders in some senses, although it is called transactional leadership, they're the leaders who who will lean into, okay, um, this is the agreement, uh, this is the plan, this is what you're to do, we'll expect you to do it. If, you, if your behavior doesn't align with the agreement, then uh, I will withhold something from you or might even fire you. Uh, that might be a transactional leader. A participative leader is a leader who is going to be maybe more highly collaborative Uh, highly engaged in what is going on uh, in the process, not aloof, not just up in their office somewhere while uh, everybody else is out making it happen. They're a part of making things happen. Uh, And then there's servant leaders. and uh, Servant leaders are those who who really do uh, come alongside and serve their leaders, and you can you can put in styles, six styles of leadership, and uh, um, and then there are all kinds of tests and things that you can take assessments to figure out just where you fit. Uh, in fact, I'm going to look up a book real fast and give you the title: Six Types of Working Genius. Uh, That is the uh, title of the book by Patrick Lencioni. Uh, And he uh, kind of extrapolates a lot about these types of leaders and and how they function um, and what they do. Uh, And along with, with these things, there are things that come along with the genius of these leaders, some that create wonder. Uh, some that create, bring invention, some that uh, have great discernment, some that are galvanizing, uh, some that really enable others, and then there are those that have great tenacity. They're just able to push things onto completion. Different types of leaders, and we need to get different types of leaders into the different types of places. Uh, Six types of working genius, that is the title. Patrick Lencioni uh, is the author of that particular book, and I love the stuff. Anything that uh, Lencioni writes is very, very good, very well worth the read. Uh, Some people, one person said they'd rather listen to the podcasts about this than read the book, Uh, but it's helpful just to think about Paul and Barnabas were different types of leaders. Uh, Barnabas was an encouraging leader. Uh, Paul was perhaps a a directional leader. Uh, Paul was perhaps an authoritative leader, and he he conducted himself as one who had authority, and that was his M.O., and you'll be around different leaders. Some some are very much uh, wired to demonstrate and carry themselves and conduct. They're going to say it, and it's going to happen. Uh, Others are going to, you know, let's let's get people together and talk about this and and work it through. And and in that way, but there's different types. And sometimes different circumstances call for different types of leadership. We don't just take the label leader and and put it on someone's chest and go leader. We need to think about what are the needs in the organization. And, And not every leader fits uh, sometimes an organization needs a highly authoritative leader to step in. Sometimes they've had an authoritative leader that has over uh, authorized things. In this sense, they have been uh, so authoritative that they've been bordered on abusive, or even become abusive. And so, what is needed is uh, maybe a leader that's collaborative or encouraging, or or a different type of leader. As as the Lord was leading. Uh, it's evident that the Lord knew that a different type of leader was going to be needed to get this message carried further. Now, again, we don't know from what is said in this verse. In fact, let me back up a few verses. I don't know that it says anything about Barnabas leaving. All we... No, it is that verse 13 picks up, and, and Paul now becomes the focal point. Perhaps the text will tell us if Paul and Barnabas are still together. So let's continue on down through the text. Uh, it's possible Barnabas stayed there in Crete. Verse 13, we know that John returned to Jerusalem from Persia uh, in the... Uh, Island or on the island of Crete, they went to Pisidia and Antioch. uh, And on the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. Very common. Enter the synagogue, we talked about that yesterday. After the reading from the law and the prophets, again, that's very common. And you see that in some Christian churches today where there are readings, readings from the Old Testament or reading from the Gospels or reading from the epistles. some liturgical churches follow that model, the reading of the Scripture, so they're they're actually following uh, some practice of it, practices of antiquity. It says, the synagogue rulers sent them words saying, brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Now, they didn't necessarily know who Paul was or who Paul and Barnabas was or who Paul and his associates were, but they were there, and, and this was a common custom that they would... Um, Ask somebody, you know, you're kind of new among us. Do you have something you'd like to share? And so Paul does that. Uh, Paul takes the opportunity and uh, standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, uh, Men of Israel uh, and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. Now, it's possible that he motioned with his hand like this, like, okay, like, listen, or. As is common over in that part of the world, he could have motioned like this, which is another common greeting. Uh, and with that, often you would hear uh, at least the Hebrew language because he's in a synagogue, they'd speak uh, Hebrew, you'd hear Shalom. Uh, in if you were to go to the other side of the Mediterranean Sea, down to africa where they were speaking arabic you might might say salam but that was the greeting paul motioned with his hands said men of israel and you gentiles who worship god listen to me the god of the people of israel chose our fathers god chose our fathers he made the people prosper during their stay in egypt with mighty power he led them out of that country He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. So the 400 years that they were in slavery in Egypt or the 400 years that they were in Egypt, most of which became years of slavery, and then the 50 years roughly 40 years wandering around in the desert and then the other 10 years uh, as working as God worked through Joshua uh, to conquer the land in which they now live 450 years total that it would add up to verse 20 all this took place about uh, all this took about 450 years after this God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet Then the people asked for a king. He gave them Saul, son of Kish, not to be confused with Kish, that is a breakfast dish, uh, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled for 40 years. Let me move this up to the top of the page. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, what do you think I am? I am not that one. No, he is coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie brothers children of abraham and you god-fearing gentiles it is not us that this message has it is not to us that this message of salvation has been sent the people of jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize jesus yet in condemning him they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every shabbat though they found no proper ground for a death sentence they asked pilate to have him executed And when they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the tomb. Now, uh, let me just finish reading here. But God raised him from the dead, and and for many days he was seen by those who traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, uh, for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, you are my son. Today I've become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead never to decay is stated in these words, I will give you the holy one and sure blessings promised to David. So it is stated elsewhere, you will not let your holy one see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his father's. And his body decayed, but the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. Through him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law. Take care that what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers, wonder and perish, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe, even if someone told you. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things the next Shabbat. Now, I'm going to stop there. I've gone plenty far. Uh, Whether we finish this passage entirely today or not, uh, we will see because there is so much that has happened that I I want to uh, give discourse about this morning. Uh, in Paul speaking as he spoke, and again, the tradition, they would go into synagogue. They would normally be the readings. Sometimes you'd recognize a, a guest who would be there and see if they have anything to say. On this occasion, Paul had just a little bit to say, uh, and he took their Old Testament. And again, Paul had the pedigree. He had the training. He had the education to be able to take their um, their own words and lead them through the history. And he's just led them on a historical narrative through their own history. He is just quoted to them from the Psalms. He's just quoted to them from the prophets. So he is using the Old Testament alone, because we didn't have the New Testament yet, the Old Testament alone to underscore the fact that he is there to speak about Jesus. Now, here's, here's a question for you and a challenge could you present the gospel if, from the Old Testament alone? If you were speaking to a Jewish person, as Paul was speaking to Jewish people at a synagogue, would you have enough biblical knowledge to work your way through, uh, through the Old Testament to lead people to understand who Jesus is? It's all there. Now, some preachers, some teachers would say, and they're wrong, just for the record, that you can find Jesus in every verse of the Old Testament. That's just not true. Uh, some are so compelled by the gospel that they would be able to uh, figure out a way to get Jesus worked in with almost every verse of the Old Testament, but. The fact of the matter is, he is not there in every verse. However, he is found all throughout the Old Testament, Uh, in many places. Say all. I I don't want to make myself sound like I'm contradicting what I just said. I mean, he is. He is. He can be found. He can be found from Genesis three fifteen. He can be found uh, at the uh, uh, the the near slaying of Isaac in Genesis twenty two. Uh, he can be found in the Psalms. He can be found uh, in the uh, in the writings of the prophets. In fact, so much of what we read in the New Testament is quotation of the Old Testament. I think someone has estimated that there might be uh, nearly half of the New Testament is quotation of the Old Testament. I, I would have to go back and check that fact. Don't hold me to that. But there is a lot of Old Testament quoted in the New Testament. And so a challenge to be able to go back and and, and learn a a system, a way, a means of being able to communicate the gospel, even as Paul has just done, uh, uh, would be absolutely uh, helpful. Uh, to be able to do that. Now, I'm going to give pull up something for you, and it's just it's just an advertisement here. Uh, here, here's some book titles that uh, I'll put up for you, and you'll notice that there's New Testament, Old Testament. You get the price idea here. Casket empty. Uh, the Old Testament Bible Study traces God plan God's plan of redemption in 18 weekly studies, structured around the acronym Casket. It's ideal for personal or small group study. It can be used as a church wide curriculum. It helps people to learn the Old Testament. It's absolutely a, a fantastic resource that you, could, uh, that you could pick up, that you could utilize, casket empty. I'm seeing some of your comments here, but I would like to learn that it's there. I mean, as you read through, you, you, you can see Jesus in many, many places, and you can find the gospel. Uh, in many, many places uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, maybe there's a book out there, and I don't know, So somebody, maybe Don could uh, uh, just research this question, uh, Communicating Jesus from the Old Testament, and see if there's a book title or something right there, but uh, something that's helpful for you uh, in understanding how to communicate the gospel from the Old Testament. He has just done a tremendous job of communicating the gospel from the Old Testament making known truth about Jesus pointing to the fact of so much uh, that, that perhaps even some of the news has made it over to that part of uh, that part of Asia that part of the Middle East uh, that part which is now Turkey uh, and so now Paul is is taking the Old Testament and then some of the current news, putting the two together and pointing to Jesus. Absolutely astounding what, what Paul does here uh, in, in bringing the message to bear. And I would encourage us to become students of the Bible enough that we could go to the Old Testament ourselves and point other people to Jesus. He has communicated the gospel here. All the way and then he gives the challenge and says, uh, "Look at what the prophets look that what the prophets have said does not happen to you." he gives a warning he gives this warning he says, uh, "Do not be scoffers. Wonder and perish for I'm going to do something in your days that you'd never believe even if I told you." And now it does tell us in verse 42 that Paul, that Barnabas is there as Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue. The people invited them to speak further about these things the next Sabbath. I didn't read that verse. So we do know that Barnabas is a part of the entourage. But as we began this section of Scripture, we noted the leader shift. Uh, Barnabas no longer seems to be in the driver's seat. It is now Paul that is in the driver's seat. Uh, it is now Paul that is... Uh, Paul that is the one who uh, perhaps has the authority. Maybe Paul was the better speaker. Maybe Paul was more articulate. Uh, Maybe Paul was more deliberate in terms of strategy. We don't know what all factors came to play, but what we do know is that the leadership shifted. And later on, what we'll find is that Paul and Barnabas will split ways. Barnabas will go do one thing, and uh, Paul will go do another uh, and the gospel spread as a result of that leader shift, and we want to see the leadership expand, the leadership grow. Uh, absolutely, I'm going to get back over to the uh, to the comments here. We are already at the end of the hour. I just want to uh, see a few of the comments here. Uh, Walter had said it was a perfect perfect for that audience. He had so much history dealing with God. Absolutely. I mean, we can use the Old Testament if, we're, if we become skilled enough to point Jewish people to to Christ. So uh, we want to continue praying for uh, Regala and uh, for the children's food, uh, for her husband and for their ministry. Uh, we pray for San, uh, Santhus uh, and the orphanage there and their needs, uh, and their many, many needs Uh So, uh, and Benjamin, I I don't know if you have Facebook or not. Uh, Connect, find me, my name, Jim Culbertson. Uh, I'll type that down here so you can see it. In fact, it is, if you have Facebook, let's friend request there. We can talk, see see what country you're in. We have partners in uh, Africa even in East Africa, that perhaps we can connect you to. But the, the quick answer is uh, these teachings are on YouTube and uh, Facebook Monday through Friday uh, at 6 a.m. Eastern time in the United States, which Eastern Africa, that might be 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon for you. Uh, what I mean, it's 6.30 a.m. here, and... Uh, uh, or I will find you and we will continue a a dialogue on uh, uh, through comments in uh, comments in YouTube. Well, I'm at the end of the hour. I need to wrap this up, Lord. We do want to pray this morning for brothers and sisters around the world uh, who have needs. Um, We can't meet all the needs. We just don't have those resources, but Lord, we do we do pray together with brothers and sisters and the needs that they have, that you would provide food, that you would provide direction ministry, that you would provide connection um, with, with other ministries, uh, partnerships, to expand the gospel all around the globe. Lord, that is our prayer. Uh, we look to you. Use us where we are. Help us to grow in our knowledge of the scriptures Help us to be able to better communicate the gospel that others might know Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Uh, Benjamin, uh, on your computer, look up J Dash Life Africa, J Life Africa, uh, and research a little bit about what they have. That is our partner in Africa, uh, and they tr- do a tremendous work there. J Life Africa, uh, and that would be the first place I would. Uh, seek to connect you uh, over in your part of the world. Hey, friends, I'm going to let you get into your day. You have a great day, and I will see you again tomorrow.